Welcome to our Pastor's Cut podcast for the week of May 8th, 2022. Uh, This is a special, and dare I say, auspicious occasion, because not only uh, am I in the studio today, uh, Darren Spoo, pastor at First Baptist, Marissa Carter's here, Dave McPherson, all the usual suspects, (laughs) but we have a first-time podcaster. He he is going to be teaching on May 8th, so we're going to have him sit in on this podcast Matt McClure, this is your maiden voyage on the podcast. This is it, first one. We hit it. Ever. Hit him with a bottle of Martinelli's before we started. Do I get a? That's right. Do I get a little friend. pair of like podcast wings to wear? You, you get. I, we do have to think of maybe an initiation process. Um, I, I think we just all need to just tug on his beard a little bit. Okay, no one. Touch yeah, me. we're not going to do that. Yeah, don't, me. don't do that. Okay, so before we, before we dive in, I found my interesting fact for the week. And I thought now would be a good time to unveil it, okay? The first guest to ever enter Disneyland was a college student. He got in, first first customer when Disneyland opened, didn't ride a single attraction because he had to get back to school, and Walt Disney awarded him because he was the first customer, but also he said, i got to go back to school. Walt Disney awarded him a lifetime ticket to Disneyland with up to three guests. And that ticket has been since extended to include all the Disney parks around the world. Does anybody know what that person's name is? I didn't think so. No. Dave McPherson is that person's name. No, not me. Dave, you've really? been a lot older than I thought you were. You've been, <laughs> you've been holding out on us, dude. Yeah, so really, I'm not, I'm not 12 years old. Or whatever. I'm not 41. I'm, I'm 103. Man, Dave, I I ran across that little statistic. Dave McPherson was the first customer to enter Disneyland. How about that? Really? That is a fascinating. Yeah, statistic. You have some calls to make. Apparently, I do. I need to <laughs> call the guy and say, "Hey, Dave, can you hook me up?" Wait, Wait could, is this guy still alive? I, you know, it it sounds like it is because he's ex, ex extended to include all Disney parks around the world. So I suppose he's still alive. Well, if he was, yeah, he'd be in his late 70s, early 80s yeah. if he was a college student. What, 57? Yeah, I think so. So if he could transfer that to our Dave McPherson. Hey, I wouldn't complain. Staff retreat? Well, yeah. Hey, well, staff retreat. I like it. <laughs> so we have three. He can have three guests. So that'd be, but there's four of us here besides Dave. So Matt, Marissa, me, and Jeff in the studio. So who are you going to cut, Dave? If you could, if you cut one. Boy, put me on the spot, man. I don't know. Who's your least favorite person around? Oh, you all are my favorites, but I'll go ahead. Since Jeff has like a lifetime subscription there already with his grandkids (laughs) in California, (laughs) I'll let Jeff go on his own. Jeff can't go to Disney, spend all his money on coffee. We'll buy you a pretzel. There we go. All right, well, let's uh, let's jump into this a little bit. So um, Matt McClure is teaching on May 8th. Let me remind you. We're kind of in a little interim, an interregnum, if you will. That's a real word Word if you don't know that word. So we're taking a couple of weeks, and some of the teachers on our staff are talking about their favorite verse of Scripture. Leading up to May 15th, we're starting on our anxiety series, Lessons from the End of Your Rope. 
seven people in the Bible who said, God, you know, K-M-N, kill me now. I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. Take me out. If God can pull them back from the edge, maybe he can pull us back on the, from the edge as well. And, and anxiety, I call it one of the three A's of our culture. We deal with anxiety, anger, and addiction. Those are some of the biggest issues we deal with right now. So we're tackling anxiety. And if you, somebody you know and love, you want to reach out to them, invite them, even if they won't come in person, uh, ask them to watch online because I believe the Scripture has some truth uh, to bring into our lives and the Spirit can transform us. So enough of that public service announcement. Uh, Matt, why don't you tell us what uh, verse we're talking about, and then I'm going to let you and Marissa and Dave take it from here. Yeah, thank you. I can't wait for your your series so um but uh, my favorite verse so you you're we're wrapping up uh, a series on our favorite verse my favorite verse and this came from when i was a high school student and um it was romans eight thirty seven, which says no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us um you know, I think I was just going through a time where every teenager just feels um, you've got goals, you've got things you want to achieve, you're trying to overcome deficiencies, whether that's, you know, trying to do well in school, trying to uh, work hard, and um, trying to read hand signals from people from across the room. <laughs> We just had a little joke there. Sorry for those who are listening. Matt was was backing up for the microphone a little bit as he's trying to find his words, and so we had him inch closer. Anyway, I'm so right now here. Now, no, is right this too close? Microphone. Jeff? Maybe just a little too close. Yes. Further back away. He's, he's, he's nodding his head yes. Okay. So, um, but you were you were sharing your story. In all honesty, how you, you came to this passage in right. high school. So, right. Go ahead. This is, my first, on it. this is my first podcast, too. So I'm learning my proper <laughs> podcast etiquette posture and procedures (laughs) three p's yeah posture procedure (laughs) pronunciation okay anyway so yeah that was uh i came across this first because i felt like it was um something that really spoke to me and uh, i just have this clear memory i wrote it out on a piece of paper and i put it up on my wall because you know as a like a senior in high school you're you're you know you're going for a certain place in your in your class, you know, a certain gr- you know um, grade on your ACT, your SAT, um, you know, you're trying to get certain scholarships. I mean, there's a lot riding on you that senior year. I just have a clear memory that this verse jumped out at me at some point, uh, and I threw this up on the on the wall of my bedroom, and something that I looked at all the time. So um, I for this passage, I want to come back and really kind of dive into this. Uh, it's it's one of those things that when you look at this and you think back what it meant to you when it became one of your life verses or one of your favorite verses, the one, a meme jumps into my head, and it's a meme of, oh, it's from um, the Princess Bride, and it's the Spanish guy, Montigas Montoyas. Yeah, yeah, I, and he says... I do not think that word means what you think it means, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because there's so much here that, you know, I kind of took on, but it has so much more of a richer meaning 
uh, for for what this verse actually means. So, what I hope to do in in preaching this is kind of try to draw some of those things out. That that is great. That's a great introduction. Thank you, Matt, for for sharing where you initially came into it, and then just the richness that you since discovered in that. And my goodness, not only Romans eight thirty seven, but Romans eight twenty eight, all the way through the end of Romans eight, Romans eight thirty nine. There's, there's a richness in that entire passage that, that helps us understand more of who God is and what God has done for us as, as a victorious Savior. So, Marissa, what, what are a couple of things that stand out to you? Yeah, just because Matt is a youth pastor, youth minister, um, primarily, you know, in my own youth ministry past when I was a high schooler, I will never forget the praise song uh, that comes from uh, verse 39. I don't know if you guys sing it, but the, that for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor heights nor depths nor any other created thing uh, is able to separate us from the love of God. And I will always remember. <laughs> it's a really good way to remember those verses. So, um, For sure. There was yeah. a vineyard tune that, that we used to sing. I bet it's I was the same thing. I, I'm not going to put it to music, but yeah, it might have been the exact same chorus, but... There's just so much, like you said, richness in these verses, so much beauty in these verses. And uh, just starting out with Romans 8:28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And uh, this is not something trite that Paul said. This isn't something that's like, you know, a platitude. In pastoral care, we're taught um, never to say anything to someone who is suffering that you could embroider on a pillow that you're supposed to be with someone listening. Um, Paul does not say this lightly. He's not somebody that's unacquainted with suffering or grief. He comes to this uh, knowing very great suffering for Christ and just in the larger world that he lived in. I mean, Thomas Hobbes says that this is is a, a time when things were nasty, brutish, and short for the life of man. So uh, Paul's not minimizing suffering. He is coming to us, holding our hands, talking to himself. You know, he says, we know He's talking to himself as much as he is to the Roman Christians. We are suffering, but God is with us, and he will never abandon us. And just through this whole passage again and again, God will not abandon the work that he started in you. He will not abandon you in your suffering. God's got us, God knows us, and God sees us. And in the end, goodness wins. Absolutely, yes. I, I read a few commentaries this morning, and I think what stuck out, stuck out to me about all of the commentaries I read was God is victorious. God is leading. God is the one who conquered sin and death through the cross. He's the one who initiates justification and provides that for us. Mm -hmm. The reason that we're more than conquerors is because of what Jesus did through the cross. And so there's no limits to that to anyone who wants to approach God. Even one author said that, that this is not simply just a you know, litmus test that Paul was testing the waters to see if, if any sort of theology of predestination would, would enter the picture. Mm -hmm. Because rather than looking simply at predestination, Paul is talking at the great scope of everything that God has done, that God victoriously defeated sin and death through the cross, that God is in our side, that, that God is in our corner, so to speak, like you just said a minute ago. And because of that, we can have new life in him. Right. So I think some of the things that I want to kind of look at, because really if you, I'm not preaching, um, I mean, the challenge as a, as a communicator is we want to really hone in on verse 37. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so what I'm going to do is we're going to start there, but I'm going to read all of 28 up to 37. Mm -hmm. uh, we will end with 38 and 39, you know, and kind of and put a bow on the end of it. 
but um, you can't understand 37 unless you jump all the way back to 28 and work your way all the way through. And so he answers several questions there because if 37, you just say no and all these things, we've well, got to go back and say, well, what are these things he's talking about? And he answers several things. Verse 31, he says, what shall we say then? You know, is God for us? And he answers that question. And he says, you know, uh, who will bring any charge against us, those whom God has chosen? Um, you know, can we hear children screaming and, and, and singing in the background? And for those that are listening, by the way, we have our, our preschool is preparing for their, their big end-of-year celebration. And, and so you can hear children in the background because they are screaming loudly in order to prepare for that event. Yeah. As they do so. Um, we're, we're trying to hand signal to ask the, the sound booth people to close their door. Who are so talking can, amongst themselves yes. and not paying attention to our hand motions. I don't even think they're listening, but that's okay. <laughs> could, could you hear us talking? No, we could not, but we can, we can hear, hear the children <laughs> screaming. Okay, because if Jeff, you can close the door, Jeff. Jeff was just confessing all of his sins to me here. So if you pick that up through the microphone, if you can, you can isolate the tracks and maybe get that. Yeah, little, uh, maybe we can add Easter that back egg. in. Ooh, okay, that could be fun. Yeah. So, as, so as y'all are recording this podcast, um, we do have kids preparing for their summer program or their spring program for our first steps ministry. So they are screaming their heads off in the worship <laughs> center, and I. Uh, I told Kayla, hey, don't worry about it. We won't be able to hear him in the sound booth. So quit making a liar of me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So, Matt, you were, were so eloquently saying that, that Paul says no in verse 37. Yeah, he says and, and no in all these things. Questions. Well, there's one specific question, though. Okay. And it's verse 35. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then he quotes uh, Psalms 44:22 in verse 36, but then he answers the question in verse 37. Mm-hmm. That he says no, no. And I, I want to read, um, you know. And so for any of our life group teachers that are teaching this, I want to read um, a great uh, translation from that. I think I put it down here. It comes out of. Um, um, I'm not sure. I put it on my notes. But uh, if you want to look at the New Living Translation. And how that how that translates um, uh, in verse thirty five, it's it's really really good and kind of helps put it in more kind of modern language um, in understanding that. But the thing that I want to focus in once I get to thirty seven is and and I, this is not in any of the commentaries that I've kind of been studying. Um, they kind of jump over this one thing, and it's where Paul says no. Hmm. You know, I think there's power in. First and foremost, confronting what's challenging you and telling it, you know, no. Absolutely. You, you know, and, and, and be able to just use that power of saying, no, not, you know, and I know it's kind of a joke. It's in a song right now teenagers listen to, and it's like, not today, Satan, you know. <laughs> and, um, but, but, there's, but there's truth in that, you know, not just to Satan, but to whatever might be challenging you to say no. You know, because he's not just saying no to these things, like I'm going to overcome these things. He's saying these things will not separate me from Christ. And I just feel like people feel like these issues that they are facing separate them further and further from Christ himself and from his love. And it's really a perception that the enemy wants to drive home. I think it starts with that, that speaking that out and just saying no. You know, so I'm, we're going to kind of focus in on that a little bit, just that power of just... And Paul says this here, you know, in my mind, 
He just doesn't give it like a small no, but he gives it like a like no, like kind of in the face, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says no, but in all these things, and then he says that we are more than conquerors. And the other thing is that 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 word more than conquerors is actually one is one Greek word, and and so what that word means it means not just victorious in the conquering, but the the first part of that word, which is more, which they've kind of smashed together really comes across to mean um, to thoroughly conquer, um, to, to not just be victorious, but to be gl- like a glorious victory. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the last one is not just to beat the enemy, just completely rout the enemy. I think this is what we would commonly call a blowout, <laughs> you know, uh, like someone who's not just defeated, but like like smashed and defeated, like um, not a Rocky victory where he, Rocky comes out like bloodied and all, but more Mike Tyson, like one punch, you're down. Okay. Kind of, kind of thing is yeah. what, is what Paul's trying to, um, it's not communicate even a contest. Here. No, no, that through Christ, there, there is no, no contest really for these things. That's great. That, that is, that's a great point. I, want to ask just if, Marissa, if you were to teach in community groups, is there one thing that stands out from this passage that you'd want to make sure got, got communicated? So, I mean, man, this I mean, is so, so dense. Um, but just to go back to verses 29 and 30, because I think for those of us that overthink our faith and see these verses um, and have that word predestined that you highlighted before stick out mm-hmm. in their mind, um, that this can be, these verses, we can have a lot of anxiety about them. But that is not at all what Paul wanted to communicate here, that these are verses, just like Matt's been saying, of reassurance, of our victory, of God's victory. Um, going back to Romans 8.15, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Um, that's what all of these verses are trying to communicate that we have security in God's love for us. This isn't about belonging to an exclusive club or who's chosen and who's not. If you go back to verse 29, he said he foreknew. That's all of us. He foreknew us. Um, If you go back to verse 29 also, it says that Jesus had many brothers and sisters. Not few. Not I'm not sure about you. It's many brothers and sisters. Uh, Dr. E.V. Hill talks about uh, a God who's anxious to save, who's not pushing us off of a boat, but rather reaching down and grabbing hands and, and trying to save as many, pulling as many as he can. Um, verse 30 is a promise, you know. Um, it's not a condemnation. He began a good work in us, and he'll complete it. Um, it's a promise that says, Dave, Matt, uh, you are predestined. Uh, God knows you is essentially all that says. God knows who you are. Uh, you were called. God wants you to know him. <laughs> Um, you are justified. You have been made righteous in the eyes of God. You are also glorified. You're going to be transformed into the image of what he said in verse 29, Jesus, our older brother. Yes, I love that. If, if I were asking some questions in a community group setting, I think I would ask, um, you know, highlighting those, those questions in, in verses 31 through 35 and just ask us to maybe answer those from the text or answer those from our own knowledge of Scripture but then also I'd challenge us to even take a look at, at some of those heavy theological words and try and define those in in the context of this passage mm-hmm. to try and understand, okay, you know, you just mentioned sonship in verse 15. What does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Look at, at this idea of justification or glorification. 
we use those terms, we kind of throw them out there, even condemnation in verse 34. You know, define those big, heavy theological terms and look at that in the bigger picture of what, what Paul is really saying here in Romans 8, that God is bigger and badder than anything else in, in the mix. And Jesus victoriously defeated sin and death to adopt us, to give us new life. Mm-hmm. Matt, is there one more thing maybe you'd want to see discussed in community groups or you'd encourage community group teachers to discuss? Yeah, well, once we get past verse 37 where it says, where I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers nor any height or depth or anything else. So all that Paul's trying to just basically cover everything. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no space. There's no place in our lives. There's nothing that can happen that will be able to separate us from the love of God. Um, I think it's easy for us to let those those areas we feel like God doesn't have control of, that we feel like is controlling us. And obviously we're not preaching like, well, if you follow God, you're not going to have any disease. You're not going to have any problems. You're not going to have any trouble. I mean, he's speaking to the Romans who are about to go through a really horrific time. This right. is right before um, they went through some really, um, you know, awful persecution. He's kind of prepping right. them, getting them ready. Right. So he's not saying, oh, follow Jesus and your life's going to be perfect and you're going to have all these things. Nothing you go through can separate you from God. You know, and this comes from Paul who's saying that, you know, um, that, you know, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, he's saying, and that comes out of Philippians, where he's saying, you know, if God wants to continue my life, then that's going to be a blessing if God's like, it's done here, that's going to even be a greater blessing. Like, there's nothing that can happen to him that can separate me. And I think if we walk through life understanding, hey, no matter what we've gone through, we've gone through a pandemic, we've gone through watching family and friends be sick and maybe not recover from that, who may still be in the hospital, you know, who uh, all these things you're going through, nothing you go through can separate you. Right. You know, so, so the question would be that would be a good question, like, what are the things happening in your life right now that are the most pressing issues that you feel like this is straining my relationship with Jesus? You know, because that's the enemy wants nothing more than for that issue to what uh, allow you to, um, you know, really stop communicating with God, to really start fellowshipping with Him, to pull you away from the church. Um, where you know Paul is saying those are the things that you know you draw you closer to Him. Absolutely. Understand, yes. hey, I, I need Christ in my life more than ever right now. Absolutely. Great great thoughts for, for conversation for, for the group. I would like just a couple of quick reminders. As, as you're going through this, this, this little micro-series, if we can call it a micro-series, um, you know, encourage, ask, ask people in your group, what is your favorite passage? Have, have a conversation about that. It's a great way to hear and get to know other people in your group, to be able to hear what's, what they love about the Bible, why they love that about the Bible. Just as, as you've heard now from Darren, from myself, from Matt, and, and hearing our different perspectives and, and why we found these verses particularly encouraging to us. Mm. Um, you know, have those conversations in your groups. Also, take advantage of the anxiety series that starts on May 15th. Grab a few of those invitation cards, put them in your rooms, grab them, invite them, or use them to invite people you know, but encourage other people in your community groups to invite other people that they know that don't go to church, that aren't part of a church community to experience community and experience the hope that comes from walking with Jesus. The truth is that, that still four out of five people will come to church if someone invites them. And so it's a great way to invite people in 
where they're actually hurting, where they're actually struggling. So with that, I want to go ahead and say farewell for the day. We'll look forward to seeing you back here again next week for the next round of our Pastor's Cut podcast. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And we'll see you soon. Blessings. See you later. Bye.